You're listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Spencer, and each week I'll be taking you behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who have escaped traditional offices and built digital empires based on their expertise. Welcome to another episode of the Office Free Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Brad Spencer, and we've got a real fun guest today. Uh, one of my good friends, been friends for almost 10 years now, um, another one of those uh, decade specials, uh, and Josh uh, Zamora is definitely one of the special ones over here. Now, Josh and I met, I can't even remember, I think it was at like Warrior event back in like 2012 or 2013, something like that, and We've hit it off because we're both Florida guys, and and you're down you're down in the MIA, uh, you know, missing in action, aka Miami, for all those who are not Floridians that don't know what the hell MIA stands <laughs> for. Um, but you've got you've got a really interesting story, and I think it's cool, uh, and I'm really excited to share this story because you you've come from like like, like you are, you actually really are an American dream type of story, like you and your family and where you've come from, and I, I want to get into that a little bit because I think it would be a really great um, example for other people to show like somebody who made it uh in a you know in america like leveraging everything america has to offer which i think is a pretty cool uh story so um i guess the big thing i want to ask you um first off because i always ask the same question to start these things off is what is your business and how does it make a dent in the world perfect well uh, there's pretty much two aspects uh to my business but um, i mean before i, I get into that it it's crazy that it's even been 10 years since I know, right? isn't it crazy yeah. <laughs> now that you said that and it's um the first time i don't know if you remember but the first time we actually connected was because you were you and i think the guy's name you were working with at the time was also josh uh okay you guys were the first affiliate promotion that i ever did oh uh, that's right i did forget about that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i need to get in touch with him man Yo, i haven't talked to him in a yeah. couple of years now yeah, yeah dude. that was the first promotion that i've ever done uh, and it was a great one. So that's kind of how we connected. But uh, back to your question, um, there's pretty much two aspects to my business. Uh, so I have the software company where, you know, we create uh, software that helps people automate certain parts of uh, getting traffic uh, and getting sales for their business. And then uh, I use that business to fund uh, my real estate uh, ventures where, you know, I buy and hold properties for the long term. Uh, so that's the two businesses that I have, uh, my software business, uh, is, the way that it makes an impact uh, for me is the, the most rewarding part is getting those testimonials from people who are uh, actually put my software to, into action and get some results for their business, uh, you know, they, or it changes their business completely. Uh, so that's the most rewarding part of, of that for me is seeing uh, those people who are actually getting results with my software and, and changing uh, their business or changing, you know, just a little bit or making more money or getting more traffic from uh, the things that we're producing. Um, and right. then the, the real estate side of things, uh, that is, you know, obviously more more of the long term vision of what I'm trying to do. Uh, and that comes down more to like, 
um, you know, an impact for a generational impact because, you know, like you said, we, um, my family didn't really come from much. Um, and, you know, I, I want to be that person that kind of breaks that, you know, I, I want to be able to pass something down uh, to my kids. And, and um, it's kind of messed up to say, but I don't want to be a burden on my kids um, because oh, I get you know, that. Yeah. Right now, like I, take care of my mom at the end of the day you know and obviously i love that lady to death um but you know she didn't come here from much uh, with much and and she just worked you know her nine to five job to get us through where we needed to you know get us through life pretty much right um, and she now- did well i mean she did well i mean she raised you and i know your brother's a doctor and works with uh he's a pediatric surgeon right yeah yeah, yeah. so our par- our yeah. parents you know, they, they, they did, they did well. They did yeah. well by you guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but yeah, at, at the same time, you know, I want, I don't want to ever take that for granted and I want to be able to, you know, take that and, and, and change the trajectory of where our lives could have gone. Um, and then just completely change it and, and be able to actually, um, you know, leave something behind where my kids, even if they don't end up enjoying real estate, they can, uh, you know, have something there that, you know, they can fall back on if, you know, whatever, you know, while they figure out what they want to do with their life, pretty much. No, I think I think that's great. And I mean, it it leads into like one of my favorite parts of the show, because, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed doing all these shows with people is hearing about where people came from. And you've definitely got one of the more uh, interesting stories that I know of, uh, you know, going back. So like, you know, growing up, like, you're you, now were you were you born in the united states or did you actually get born it was it's, it's nicaragua right like yeah. where your family's from yeah. Yeah, yeah so did you get born in the states or did you were you born in nicaragua and then came here when you were a little kid yeah i, I was born here uh my oldest brother was born in nicaragua and my middle brother was born here as well okay cool so you know and that and that's you know coming i mean obviously there's a lot of immigrants in south florida from latin america all over the place and everything but like what was that like like did you you know, kind of coming up from, you know, an immigrant family, you know, it's, 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 you know, my, um, my father-in-law's parents were from Italy. They came over to America after World War II. So like, I still see like resemblance or instances where like their mindset coming from like the children of immigrants, right. It's, it's a different life than someone who's been here for, you know, whose parents aren't from or are born in America or whatever you want to call it, I guess. Um, but what was that like growing up for you and, and how did that play into you wanting to be a business owner? Did you see that early on or was that something you learned later about wanting to like make a bigger financial impact for your family? Yeah, I, I definitely I saw it uh, once my parents uh, split up. Okay. Uh, so my parents split up when I was 12. Um, okay. But I always saw my dad working really hard just to, you know do whatever it took, take, took to take care of us. Um, and then once, once they split up, um, you know, my dad went off and, and, and built a family with his current wife. Um, but for a while I was like, you know, I was wanting to be a success in spite of him pretty much because at that moment in life, obviously, you know, we, everyone's gone through this where you kind of, or most people, I don't want to say everyone, but most people that have gone through a, a divorced family early on in their life, sometimes you kind of have, you know, that resentment towards the person that kind of, that you blame for causing the split. So right at that right. moment in my life, and for many years of my life, I blamed my dad. Um, and uh, 
kind of we would ask him for certain things to you know for for you know to buy supplies or for school or certain things just asking for money here and there just to help out and he always it was always no 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 you know he he would always tell us there wasn't enough money for us once our parents split up um and at that point my dad was actually his business was taken off so I, I I got I was fortunate enough to see that as well. So I, I was fortunate to see him go from working two to three jobs uh, while still you know getting his real estate license, getting his mortgage broker's license, and and then finally his business taking off. Uh, right. So we saw all of that. That was another thing. We saw him getting a new car. We saw him like we saw his business growing and the impacts of that. So you know we would ask him for money here and there, and it was always no for us. So. Uh, that kind of that sucks feeling man. that feeling of like you know just no 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 i'm like all right i got to a point where i like i'm never going to ask that man for a dime in my life and i'm just gonna go out there and build something for myself so i never have to ask him for anything and my mom never has to ask him for anything and that's kind of like you know where that spark of you know i'm gonna make something of myself came from so well, that I'm glad you shared that because I actually didn't know that about. I didn't know your parents split. Mine, mine split when I was five, but we didn't really have that that trouble. Like my parents, you know, were amicable and stuff. So it was still <clears throat> it was still tough though, um, because you you kind of like when you're a kid, you don't really realize like how the world works, right? So you have all these assumptions about like you know, why did my dad leave and all this other stuff, and it just it's weird. Like, and as as an adult, like, I think I I really got this when I when I was a uh, when I turned the same age, my dad was when him and my mom got divorced when I was five. And I realized I was like, wow, like my dad had two kids. He was going for a PhD and all this stuff. And I was just like, wow, like, I don't know how he did it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I looked at where I was at and I was like, well, shit, I don't feel like I can handle any of that shit right now. You know, so it kind of helped, it helped me to grow up a little bit, you know, when I, I think it was like 26 or 27 when I, when I realized that. But, you know, one thing I I always find fascinating because You've uh, you were joking about this on Facebook recently, but I actually think there's a this is a big part of your game. Like you you have a very strong fire underneath that I don't think people see all the time because you how did you put it? Like I don't have a very good flex game. I think is how you said it on Facebook, (laughs) and uh, you know, and which is good. I think like you're that quiet that quiet fire. The ones you really have to watch out for are those those types. So. I'm like, yeah, Josh, gotta watch out for Josh. You know, one day we're gonna wake <laughs> up and he's gonna own like every building on Brickle. You know, uh, uh, <clears throat> but uh, all kidding aside, so so growing up, like when you're a kid, like did you did you do the lemonade stand typical thing, like starting little businesses here and there? Like I, I had a newspaper route that I was like the substitute newspaper boy and cut grass until my mom would finally let me get a job at like the car wash selling car washes, but. um, what was that like for you? Cause obviously like my South Florida is like almost another country. It's very different than any other place I've ever been. And I was born in Los Angeles. So like it isn't the the Latin influence. It's just like even the Latin areas of LA are completely different than the Latin areas of, well, basically all of Miami. Right. Um, it's just really interesting how culturally different Miami is than any other city in America. Even New York, I think is, it's very different than New York. Yeah, so like, sure. what was that like for you growing up in that environment? And like, how did you see opportunities to kind of like, I never have to ask my dad for nothing, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to depend on, on me, you know, and, and, and build something. So I never have to, my kids never have to go through this. What was that like for you starting out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I didn't realize, uh, how, 
early on, I had that entrepreneurship, I guess, spirit in inside of me until I look back and I'm like, man, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been wanting to be an entrepreneur for a while. But yeah, like you said, um, when I was young, I never did the lemonade stand, but uh, I sold so many other different things uh, that, again, I never really put too much mind to it. I was like, oh, I was just a kid, you know, trying to sell something. Uh, but I, me and my brother, we 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 sold so many different things. We some we sold chili that we grew from in our backyard. Uh, my brother always had a green uh, green thumb, so he'd always plant things um, that ended up you know actually giving fruit uh, in our backyard. So one time he he planted a bunch of little chili seeds, and we had so much chili in our backyard, and we're like, man, let's just bag this up and, and go door to door and sell it. Uh, so we did that. Uh, my dad one time for some reason they they gifted him uh, a, f- a bunch of boxes of um or snow caps uh, which i don't even think you can really find them right now but snow caps were these little chocolates they were horrible tasting you know we never I, we tried them and we're like man these taste horrible but let's go out and <laughs> let's go out and try to sell them uh so, so we, so yeah, they taste like shit but let's see if we get some <laughs> yeah, so we we had, and then my dad had a bunch of boxes of these things and i'm like man no wonder people um you know gave these to my dad you know they're horrible but the, the good thing is that we we lived in a pretty big uh townhouse community so there were mm-hmm. i mean hundreds of, of townhouses uh, right. So we went and we went and we also recruited one of our friends and we gave him a percentage of, of you know, whatever he sold. Uh, so we sold them all within a few days, just knocking on door, door to door. Um, yep. So we did. I sold, you know, we sold that. Um, and then in school, uh, in middle school, it's, uh, you know, there was these things that were pretty popular. I'm not sure if they were popular up in Orlando, but, uh, you know, during class, you would make these little things that you threw up in the roof and, and they would get stuck. You know, you, you used to do them with the little footballs. Uh, but then yeah. in here, people started making little darts and throwing them up and, and you know, making them stick. Uh, so one, one kid, I was like, man, show me how to make those little darts. Um, and he would make them with toothpicks. And you just throw them up and you put the little feather on the back and, and throw them up and boom, they will stick every time. Uh, so I learned how to make that. And then I would I, I went home. I made a bunch of them in a bunch of different colors. And I came home. I came to class the next day and I sold them all. You know, I was selling them for like a quarter. Um, and it was, yeah, these little simple things that I would, that, that you'd make. And then, um, you know, there was a point right around that time where my mom was getting kind of, kind of, you know, she just started kind of getting sick around that time. So she would send us to, uh, Nicaragua every, every summer. Um, and we right. were, when we were down in Nicaragua, my, my, my aunt had a gas station at the time. Um, so there was one day that we were there and then I noticed that, uh, down there, you don't pump your own gas. When you, show, okay. when you when you go to a gas station, there's someone there that pumps your gas for you, and you can tip them if they if you want. Uh, so me and my brother were like, man, we can do this. And you know, we were little kids, 12, 13 years old. Uh, so we were there. We would pull up, and you know, everyone was like, oh, look at these cute little kids pumping my gas, and boom, we we just killed, man. We killed it, just getting tips after tips after tips. Um, Oh, you got to leverage that hustle, man. I love it. <laughs> it, it, it was in, in, in Nicaraguan money, so really, at the end of the day, it wasn't worth much. But, uh, you know, still it was though, just, money's money, bro. Yeah, like, absolutely. To us, it was, to us, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then one, one, one final thing that we did, and then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there was one other thing that uh, me and my brother, uh, we played baseball throughout 
uh, our lives. So from T-ball all the way up to high school. Um, But there was one point at the beginning of high school where we started um, um, umpiring as well. So the same the same league that we played at, the owner needed umpires for the little leagues, and at that time, at that point, we were already obviously older, so we started umpiring for the for the younger kids. But at the same time, <clears throat> the owner of the league, he would uh, every year have a kind of like a little fair where you can go in and you know just a little mini fair at the local church, and he needed someone to sell tickets. Uh, at the front of, you know, to be able to go in and, you know, just like any fair, you have tickets and the tickets you use at the fair. Right. Um, so he had us, but he had kind of, I think it was a partnership with a, with an actual fair company. So he had his own stack of uh, tickets that he would, that they gave him to sell um, in, uh, instead of people walking in and, buying tickets inside the fair as well. So we had our own kind of wholesale pack of tickets that we can sell. So he had uh, me, my brother, and another friend of ours stand outside the fair mm. to sell these cheaper than they were selling them inside. Um, but, you know, I quickly was like, let me go find out how much they're selling them for inside. So I think they were selling them inside for maybe like, um, for like 15 bucks or something, I want to say. Let's say they were selling, they were selling a pack for like 15 bucks. Um, and he had us selling them for 10 bucks. Uh, so then I'm like, man, we can sell these for 12 and just keep the difference, you know? So, man, yeah. we, we crushed it, man. Because we, we had boxes of these tickets. And we were just like, we, had, we got to the point where we had to make a few trips to uh, the local CVS to get change so that we can continue giving people change oh, back. Um, yeah. So yeah, we each I think we each walked away with at least I think like seventy or eighty bucks each in profit um, just from selling these things, um, and and so it was funny. like it was like a weekend event, so it was like you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. So each day we were there, and each day it was a box full of tickets that we were selling. That's um, so crazy. It's it, it's it's so crazy to see like how those skills like add up to like what we're doing today. Like you know you start out at the bottom, and then like all those like stupid little things that you did as a kid how they like translate into an adult. Like it, it just blows my mind, like yeah. how, how that is. So you, 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 this is like right around high school. So like, did you go to college or did you strike out on your own? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. So, so again, it was just dumb, dumb decisions that you make as, as a kid. Cause you know, not, not to like toot my own horn, but I, I was a pretty good baseball player. Like if I, if I would have stuck with it, I think I could have at the very least got a full, full ride scholarship somewhere. Okay. Um, but Again, that was right around the time where my parents were getting divorced, and it was just still a real weird time in life. Um, and the one thing that we did have with my dad was baseball. That was the one thing that you know it was constant with him. He was always there. He was the one that pushed us. He was the, he was our coach. He was the one that you know got us the the you know the the trainers to to improve our game, all that stuff. He that was the one constant with him. Boom. He you know he always wanted to make sure that we continued that. Um, so when I finally made the high school team, um, you know, I, it was that point where once I was, once I was honest with myself, I, I think I, I, I told myself that I gave up baseball just to, again, in spite of him to, to, to piss him off to like, be like, no, that's it. And, you know, you want me to continue playing, but I'm not going to continue playing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, at that point, I got, you know, it was at the age where you get into girls, you get into the drugs, you get into all that stuff. 
Um, so, you know, once I was honest with myself, I know, I know that I did it to, in spite of him, but I always blamed it on the fact that, you know, I got injured, um, and a few games into the season. Right. Uh, um, and then I blamed it on that. And then I'm like, Oh, let me just forget baseball. Let me just go, um, you know, go do this instead. Um, but yeah, so I I did I stopped playing uh, baseball, but I I was a pretty good student in high school. I was you know I was, I was smart, I, and that was another thing that my dad you know just always rammed into our head: always do your homework, always boom boom like education, education, education. And that's why my brother is a pediatric surgeon today because when my parents got divorced, he was already eighteen, so he lived his whole you know young adult life with my dad on on his back. Uh, waiting up for him at you know 10 p.m. at night, making sure he was home in bed so he he can be up by 6 a.m. to go to school. So he, my older brother, is an exact creation of my father's. Uh, if my father were to have raised all three of us, we all would have been something close to <laughs> close to what my older brother is because my brother he's six years older than us. So mm-hmm. when my parents got divorced, he was 18 and we were 12 and 13. Um, right. So. Yeah, so I, I finished high school. I did six months of uh, community college up in Gainesville. That's where my older brother went to medical school in UF. Uh, right. So I went up there and, yeah, I did six months. And that's when I first saw a, a road sign for a real estate seminar thing. And that's kind of what took me down that rabbit hole. Uh, and then I went down the direct sales rabbit hole. And then I finally found, you know, the internet marketing rabbit hole. So, so you, you did a whole bunch of stuff, but like, so when you, so when you and I had met, I think you had, had, had been in the game for like three years at that point. Cause I think I remember you telling me at some point when I think I went down to Miami, you told me like you worked at, um, some kind of like business doing like SEO stuff. Is that what it was? Like SEO writing and and things? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, so when I first, um, kind of started getting into internet marketing, um, one of the first things that I learned was, uh, I bought a course that had just about a bunch of different traffic <clears throat> strategies in it. And one of them right. was SEO. Um, so I learned, you know, the basics of SEO and I somehow was able to negotiate myself into an SEO job for a web design company, even though, <laughs> even though I had, you know, only started learning it like maybe a year prior to that. And my only experience was ranking a handful of niche sites. Um, right. what helped me stand out to land those jobs, uh, was because as part of my resume, I send in, I, a page in my resume was uh, proof screenshots of my rankings uh, for my niche sites. <laughs> what so, a good hustle, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, what a good idea to put that in a resume. I never would have thought of that. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the boss told me that that's what made him call me. Um, so that's how I kind of got started. And, and the reason that that's the, 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 the one thing that, um, that I always, you know, had in my mindset that, I, I was always willing to work a, a nine to five job while I was building my business. Cause I know there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, you know, burn the bridge and, and build, you know, your business and, and, you know, have no plan B. Um, but I don't know for, for me, I was like, look, I, I'm, you know, I, I can do that. I, I, I'm willing to work that nine to five job, build my business. And then, you know, once I'm good and ready, I'll, I'll leave the nine to five job. Um, I think that's wise, by the way. I wish I had done that. That's one of my few regrets from my 20s. I wish I would have gotten a bunch of more jobs 
to learn skills. Like, you know, one of my favorite Warren Buffett quotes was he, he told all the people like, don't ever take a job for uh, money, take a job for skills and, and the network. Yeah. Right. Because you never know when like you, you learn something at a job, you know, doing some random ass thing. And then you pick up like something that gives you an advantage for finding like investments or business opportunities or whatever. And it's actually a good way to, to do. And I wish I had done that because I, life would have been a lot easier for me in my 20s had I not tried to do everything on my own. So I, I definitely think you're smart in that. I wish I had done that. To be honest yeah. with you. It, it, it did end up uh, biting me in, in the ass, though, uh, because <laughs> the, the two SEO jobs that I had. Well, no, the, the, the first SEO job that I had, uh, I was fired from uh, because I was, uh, working on my niche sites on the clock. So, uh, <laughs> the, the boss caught me and not, not only that, but, uh, one of the clients, uh, complained that I wasn't doing anything for their campaign. Uh, and it was true. I mean, I, I was just sitting there, uh, you know, my job was just to sit in front of the computer and work on all these different clients, uh, campaigns. Um, uh, but right. for the most part, I was working on my own stuff. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, uh, I I got fired from that one, and then I went to another SEO job, uh, and same thing. I used the same resume, and and he said the same thing. The reason I called him was, you know, because of the, the 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 screenshots in your in your um, in your resume. Um, but yeah, that's kind of you know. So were those the last two jobs that you had? Those SEO jobs, and is that when you went went online full time? Yeah, yeah. So the final, I, I did have one in between uh, for literally a weekend. Uh, so I got hired, I think I want to say on Thursday, I worked Friday and then by Monday, a bunch of the big execs few flew into, uh, Miami and they shut the business down. Uh, it it was, a a a, a clothes brand company from, uh, I want to say from Britain, I think, or, you know, somewhere in Europe. Um, and they all just, they flew down. It wasn't working here in the States. So they come in literally and shut everything down. Um, and then they had this big, um, you know, meeting where they lined everyone up and they kind of just like made you sign this thing. And like, and, and I'm there like, I, I just started Thursday. Can I just go? You know, I'm like, I don't need to be here for all this. Um, but, you know, obviously I stayed just to be a good sport, you know, and <laughs> never wanted to leave a job with like, you know, bad taste in anyone's mouth. But I stayed and they, I, you know, they made me sign this thing and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and then after that is when I found um, the other SEO job and that was my last uh, job. And uh, the way that I left that one was, you know, on good terms. Uh, but the boss kind of brought me into his office and he, he noticed that I was a little bit distracted because that, at that job, I, I did do I did focus a lot more on the client's campaigns and I wanted to do a good job just because I learned from the previous uh, job. I didn't want that to happen. But I was right. up fr- but I was but the difference with this job as well, because, again, I learned from the first job was I told him up front, but I look. I do have my own side business on the side that I'm building. Once that starts to take off, I'm going to have to leave uh, at some point, you know, because that's my main goal. Um, So about, I want to say a year and a half into that job, that point came. Um, But I didn't realize that point came. It, It was kind of my boss realized he brought me into his office and he told me, he's like, Hey, you look, you know, you look a little bit distracted. Like, is everything okay? Um, and the reason I was distracted was cause I had a launch going that week, you know, and, and I was just like, you know, my mind was on the launch and I was, I was trying not to log in cause I think the, the sales page was having issues or something. And I was trying to fix it while being in 
in the office and um, my mind was just fully on the launch and making sure that everything was going well while still, you know, being able, you know, trying to be in, in, in you know, in work mode for, for the company. Um, right. So the weirdest thing happened. I was like, man, when, once he brought me into his office and he told me that I told, I, I didn't plan to have that conversation with him, but I told him, no, I mean, I, I think that time has come. Like, I think my business has gotten to the point where I need to decide between here or my business and honestly i'm making way more with my business at this point that uh you know i have to finally go full time there um and i put in my two weeks notice right right then and there when he called me into into the office and you know he took it well he knew it was coming so um you know it wasn't anything uh that he he wasn't expecting pretty much no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, so so you're at this point, like how old are you now? Like 24, 25 at this point? Yeah, about yeah, 24, 25. So so you know, um you know, what did your what did your well, I guess she's your wife now, but like she wasn't you guys weren't married then. Like wh- how did she how did that play a role in all this or did it play a role? Like did she want you to have that steady job kind of thing until your business took off or like where how does she fit into this story because you guys are close um you've always been close which i i love about you guys um so what was that like how did that play into this yeah i mean thankfully she's she's always been supportive of all my craziness you know uh, <laughs> she 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 does freak out here here and there not not anymore obviously but back then when i was um because the thing with me is I'm always very like, no, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. No, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. No, it's going to be fine. You know, that, that's kind of like my mentality. I only right. freak out when it's time to freak out pretty much. Right. Um, and she's more like, no, I'm going to freak out before it's time to freak out. You know, so there was a few bumps, <laughs> a few times there where, you know, when I first got, when I got fired from, from that, uh, from my first SEO job, I came home and we, you know, we had just started we moved to a whole other city here in Miami um, just for that job. You know, it was our, not only was, uh, you know, we had just moved in, we had just got our first place and boom, you know, a few months later, I, I, you know, I get fired. So she kind of freaked out for a little bit, but then I I was able to land that other job for the weekend. Uh, So (laughs) she was, she was calm, but then I got fired. You know, I told her that they shut the business down. And then, boom, she freaked out for a bit again. Um, but thankfully, during this time, um, I had already started making, you know, about 1000 or 1500 bucks a month uh, with my own business. So right. it kind of helped us, you know, float us through that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, thankfully, she's always been very supportive. There was, you know, times where, you know, she had to obviously pay for things and, and keep us afloat. But, yeah, I mean, thankfully, even to this day when, you know, when I get too crazy and, and, and start wanting to buy too many properties, she kind of, you know. Talks you down off the ledge. <laughs> she, she's like, hey, we need to calm down a little bit, you know. But she she always knows that I'm I'm pushing for you know, the betterment of, of, of our, of our family pretty much. Well, and that's, that's the thing that's good. I think, I think when you can pair ambition with like a good goal, like, I think that's something, you know, a lot of people don't realize like money, money's a tool. It's not a very good, like benchmark, like making money for the sake of making money is a very empty life. I think, yeah, whereas sure. if you're making money to 
better better yourself or better your family or take care of people, I think that's where it becomes very honorable and noble. Uh, and it's just my opinion, right? I mean, everyone can do whatever the hell they want, I guess. But I just notice the happiest people always seem to be building for a reason um, rather than just being like, oh, like, I mean, it might start out as like, oh, I want to fuck the boss over and tell him to go fly a kite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it, that doesn't last very long. Like when you realize like business is way harder than dealing with bosses, you got to like the marketplace is a, a very nasty boss sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so at this point, like I'm, I'm curious because like you, you've done a lot of things, but one of the things that, that I think people maybe don't see, and I, I see it because I admire it. And it's something that I've actually tried to model myself as, you know, we've been friends over the years is like, you're ruthlessly consistent. Right. And I think, uh, that's a really big trait for someone to be on their own is like, you know, you can be the big adventure swashbuckler, but I think at some level, like a ruthless consistency is needed to ride out those tough times. Like, do you think that's just your personality or like, what, what do you have to say about that? Cause I think there's a lot of that people can learn from like, I mean, you've got very similar funnels. You've got like all recurring. Like, I mean, I remember when we hung out in Miami and we were like, we went to that bar when I was down there many, many years ago, probably seven, eight years ago now at this point. And I remember walking and you were telling me all about how you wanted to have a recurring element in every funnel you did that year. And I was like, oh man, like nobody's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> how you come up with the recurring? He's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, man, you're, you're going to do it. I know you will. And, and, and here we are like, you know, all these years later and like, this dude is still got a recurring element in every damn funnel <laughs> years later. Like he is like ruthlessly consistent. Like it doesn't, I mean, it's smart business, but I'm just amazed because I literally don't think you've ever built a funnel that didn't have at least one monthly or annual billing in option inside of the sales process. So what is that like for you? Like being consistent like that? Is that just natural or is that something you had to develop along the way? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. There, there's a lot of, of that in me um, just naturally, even from back when I was a, a server at, at, you know, at a restaurant down here. Um, there's just something, I guess, in my head or, you know, wired in me that whenever I start doing something, I, I, I want to figure out the best and the quickest way for me, for me to be able to keep doing that, um, as efficiently as possible. So, uh, just, you know, when I was working at the restaurant, I was always the, the number one seller of everything every weekend. And I was only working at the weekends cause I was doing that, you know, in high school, but I was always consistently the number one person selling. And I was, people would always looking at me, look at me and be like, man, it doesn't look like he's working. Like I'm just always hanging out, you know, at the bar, all my tables are taken care of. And it's because I don't know, for some reason, I just always find a way to develop a system that just, I can just continue doing it over and over and over and over again. Um, and it's, it's also nothing that I've ever written down either. Like a, a lot of, even to this day, a lot of the stuff that I do in my business is just comes from, I don't know. It's just, muscle memory if you want to say just boom the same thing just do it over and over because once i once i figure out that process of how i can continue doing the same thing over and over again as quickly and as efficiently as possible boom that that's right. all i just need to figure out figure it out once and i can be the best at doing that over and over and over and over again so um but at the same time i've always had to kind of consciously refine it you know because i i know that i have that gift but 
you know, I still don't take it for granted. I still find ways to refine it. Um, and I've had to continue refining it because, you know, as, as you get older, as, as I've noticed that I've, as I get more kids or as I had a kid, as I had, have a second kid, I have less time. Um, you know, and I want to be able to dedicate as much time to my family as possible. So being able, having to refine that is a part of that process. So, um, one thing, the first step of, uh, when I refined this was before we even had kids, uh, Janice and I just started to, decided to start traveling a lot. And the first trip we ever took, we never had a big wedding. Janice told me, no, I don't want to have a big wedding. Um, and I'm like done, you know, <laughs> you don't have to, let's just take a trip instead. I'm like, all right, cool. So the first trip we ever took on the first time Janice ever got on a flight, we took a two month trip to, uh, you know, all around Europe. Right. And, I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, man, how am I going to run this business on the road for two entire months? Like my business is just going to crash, you know, like I'm not, you know, I got to figure this out. And that's kind of an- another thing in my mentality as well is that I'm always, uh, 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 you know, how do we get this done kind of person? You know, I, I, right. I'm never like, oh, man, I can't do that. Like, there, there's, you know, there's something about that that irks me when I see other people doing it. Like, oh, no, I just I can't do that without even trying. They're like, no, no, I can't do that. Um, but I, in my mind, I just I, I can't accept that. You know, in my mind, I'm just like. All right, let's get it done. Whatever we got to do, let's just get it done. So once we we booked the flight, and I'm like, don't don't even worry about it because Janice was freaking out too. She's like, how are you going to run your business like overseas? Like, are we going to be able to even enjoy this trip? I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll get it done. So that was a great experience for me learning how to optimize my business so that I can work. Uh, very little on a daily basis and still have an entire day to enjoy whichever city we were in. So um, I I got to the point during that trip where I was working maybe, you know, 30 minutes to 90 minutes a day at the, at the max. Uh, And then we'd spend the rest of the day just exploring whichever city we were in, or, you know, if we were in the same city for a few days, we're just, you know, enjoying whatever that, that span of time that we were there. Um, and the craziest thing happened during that time was that one of my, you know, biggest launches ever happened while we were on that trip. And I I remember that, uh, the good thing about being in Europe is that you're always, you know, four to five hours ahead. Um, so, um, most launches obviously go live at 11. Uh, so we were out most of the day and on the way back, I I did tell Janice, like, look, today we kind of have to cut the day short because I have a launch going live and we were in Venice at the time. Um, right. so we were on a gondola on the way back while the launch was going live and I, I paid for internet on my phone. So I was getting messages, boom. And thankfully everything went smoothly for the start. And as soon as I got to the hotel room, boom, it was like maybe 20, 30 minutes into the launch and everything was going smoothly. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the first experience of that process of refining the ability to, you know, really figure out, uh, how I can work as pretty much work as little as possible as my business and still get the same amount done. Um, and that's oh. kind of where I'm at today. I'm, I'm able to sit down at my computer, even if I just have 20 to 30 minutes before I have to, you know, wake up my daughter or, or my, you know, my youngest wakes up because she doesn't nap good. 
Um, you know, I can come sit down, get 20 to 30 minutes of work done, boom, and then check out and then come back another 20, 30 minutes, boom, and check out if I have to. And then uh, once both girls are asleep by, you know, 7.30, p.m., then I, if I do need to do anything extra, I could do it at that time. See, I think that's so impressive. I mean, I, I really think like it, it's it, it always comes back to this idea that like the only reason I want to make money is because it gives you options and it's like money gives you options financially. And then but if you design your business to have options as far as like I can work anytime I want. I mean, I think that's really something that, you know, it sounds like a pipe dream, but it's something that like sometimes necessity creates that where you have to basically just our oh, shit, I got to do this, you know, like yeah. it needs to get done, you know, like there's nothing else that can be done. And I, I think that's impressive because you're so nonchalant. I mean, I know as you talk about it, you know, you've got like this, like boom, go kind of attitude, but you are probably one of the most even keeled people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I'm like, I, I don't even know what could rattle you at this point. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just like, this guy doesn't get rattled for shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and anything. Very, very, there's very little, there's only a handful of people in, in my life that have ever seen me rattled <laughs> or anything. It's just, you know, and th- that was another thing that I focused on a lot when uh, when I was younger. It's just a lot of personal development. I mean, my old iPad, my old iPod that I have is just full of personal development stuff. Um, but I also that's coupled with just my, my personality, I think, is just very calm, cool, collected. But, co- you know, when you couple that with just you know, a bunch of personal development and just like, you know, never allowing someone else to rattle you pretty much. Um, yeah, it's just, and it was all free if, if anyone's listening. I mean, then you want to get free, free personal development. You can go to any, I don't know if they still have it, but um, at local libraries, they have a bunch of personal development stuff for free. Well, it's crazy. Like my local library, I actually have a, an app. It's kind of like Audible. Uh, that the library has and I get all my books for oh, free. Now. Yeah, I, bar- I, I, I barely have to pay. Like I, I got the, like the card and then you use your library card number and your last name and the, you, you your pin at the library. And, and then you got like, I mean, like I got all the Harry Potter books I re-listened nice. to. I've got all these business books and they don't have everything, but I would say they probably have 80 to 90% of what you can get on audible or Kindle. Yeah, and it's all free, have, like print books, like every, every, everything. And, 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 and they got even other stuff. Like I had, um, a while back, I interviewed Robert Stukes, who's both a friend of ours, you know, as well. And he was telling me they got this site called like, I, I guess it's called like Reference USA. And you can get like all kinds of business data for like 66 million uh, businesses. You can like ask, like, I want I want this type of business with this number of employees in this area. And it'll spit out the database and give you their address, their phone number, their email, all that shit. For nice. free at the library. And like nobody <laughs> uses this stuff. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Brad, I would go in and I'd be the only guy looking at like the SRDS and all these things and we were like crushing it. And it, it was just funny, like how, how much stuff is like free at the public library and nobody yeah. goes like the library's uncool. And I'm like, dude, this is like a gold mine. Like there's so much like stuff for free here. Like what the hell? Why'd you pay for anything? Right. I swear. Robert always has the craziest, most badass stories about how he makes money, man. It's crazy. Well, you have to listen to that episode, man. We were talking about it. He was like talking about selling weed and how he got into the submarines and like all kinds of like crazy stories. You know, it was, it was interesting. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of his stories, but I didn't know some of them. I was like, holy crap. Like this guy's like, on and on and on about all kinds of hilarious <laughs> antics he's done when he was younger. Oh, that's you know? awesome. I got, I got, I got like a boring life compared to some of these people. That's why I love this show. I to live, <laughs> get to live vicariously. I was like a goody two shoes when I was a kid. I was afraid to get in trouble. Like my mom would have whooped my ass, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, 
it is what it is. But um, you know, it, it's it, you bring up a good point, and I think about the systems, and and I'm curious, like, what your your position is. Like, if you were like, do you have any employees like uh, that work for you regularly? Like, not VAs, but like people that work for you doing like anything or whatever no i mean all i have are my developers and my uh my support team okay. uh, but as far as like a w2 hourly employee uh no I, I don't have any of that so how, how do you how do you train them to operate like you because obviously i think it's wise like to have like kind of a culture where people can be like more even keeled and like roll with the punches and all that stuff. And like, there's a lot of like flaky stuff. So have you figured out how to train, um, you know, kind of like download your personality and experience into the company so that it, like everybody kind of operates on that, like smooth, relaxed, like don't, don't lose your cool kind of attitude. Have you figured out how to do that? Um, not, not really. I haven't really, you know, done much training on that to other you know, to to most importantly, my support team because they're the ones dealing with you know the customers and 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 people trying to rattle you. Um, but I I did tell them like I do once they get started in there, I do give them a heads up. Be like, look, you're gonna come across you know some customers who are just gonna you know rip you a new one for no reason. Uh, just try to not engage in that and look for what their actual problem is. Uh, because that's kind of how I handle when I was doing support myself, that's kind of how I handled it. Cause people will send you two to three paragraphs worth of, you know, why go, you should go mother F yourself, you know? Uh, and then there's, and there's one sentence in there somewhere of what their actual problem is, you know, like they can't get their login or, you know, some, there's just always just one small blurb of what the actual problem is. So that's kind of how. I tell them, but like, look, you're going to run into people that are just in a bad mood for some reason, uh, but try to decipher all of that stuff or work through that stuff and find out exactly what uh, they need help with and then just address that. All right. Don't don't engage in all the other stuff because you'll never hear the end of it. Um, yeah. And that's kind of it's it's so far it's worked out. You know, obviously I'll, I'll check in with support, uh, uh, you know, once or twice a week and every once in a while, you know, they they you know i'll go in and i'll see some of the replies and sometimes they get into it with customers which is normal you know i i don't expect you know them to be perfect um but for the most part you know they they follow what i told them you know they just they deal with the problem get them you know the solution that they're looking for and that kind of uh helps out as far as my uh, main developer thankfully we have a great relationship and he's uh he's british and you know most most british people are very uh even keeled as well very difficult to get them you know upset or scream or you know anything because they're just i don't know they're so proper and so i don't know calm you know so anytime uh, i don't think i've ever once gotten in an argument with him he's just we just have such a good relationship and then he deals with the other two developers but those are you know they're from the ukraine and you know they're, they're like robots over there they don't have any emotions so <laughs> uh, you know that, that that works out great there because you know it's just if we want to say they're kind of like me they just want to get to the point they want to know they want to know what they need to do and get to work that's it you know they, they they're very you know very rarely do they show emotion 
No, that's good. So let, let's switch gears a little bit because I, I want to talk about the real estate a little bit because I, this is me being selfish a little bit because I, I'm like, I got you on the line. So I'm like, I got, I got, I got to ask these questions, you know, and, and, and how this, so what, what got you, like, obviously you said your dad worked in real estate. Now, did he, was he a landlord too, or did, does he just like selling homes for a living? Like, is yeah, that he's, he, he started off as a mortgage broker and then he worked his way into as a real estate agent. And then eventually he, he got his own real estate brokerage. Um, and now he run, he still runs his own real estate brokerage, but he also teaches real estate classes to help people get their real estate license. Um, okay. and he's one of the only people in Miami that teaches it in Spanish. Uh, so that's a cool thing since Miami is, you know, very Spanish, you know, mostly Spanish speaking people. I'm surprised um, he's the only one. I, I'm really surprised. That he's one, he's, one, he's, one, you know, there, I think there's one other person, uh, but he's been the one doing it for, for, you know, I think over 10 years now. Nice. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's still doing, doing pretty good for himself. Um, and yeah, so he's, he's doing that the real estate, uh, agency side, but I, you know, I always wanted to do the investing side. Um, and thankfully when I was up in, you know, doing those six months of college, that's where I kind of went down the real estate rabbit hole and I read the rich dad, poor dad, and I kind of, uh, learned the differences uh of you know the investing side with it uh, when it comes to the agency side um but at the same time i also read the you know the the cash flow quadrant where it teaches you to have a mm -hmm. business first and then invest in real estate so that's kind of how i ended up you know exactly like that i'm like all right so i need to build build a business and then invest in real estate and that's kind of what i'm doing now Hey, there you go. So it, it, it's funny. You you literally like again. It's that it's that ruthless consistency. Yeah, Robert man. Kiyosaki said so. so I'm gonna go do it. Yeah. Um, you know. So 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 what is that like? So so going back, like you bought your prop your first property. How how long ago did you buy your first rental? Uh, 2014. Okay, so it's it's been a minute, and so you've ridden this wave. What was like, what's the play like? So you've built a portfolio. I mean, I've seen a lot of the properties you've accumulated and, you know, you, you, you do it smart. Like, I think you mostly, you mostly buy with cash, right? Like you don't get mortgages on them, correct? Yeah. I, well, actually we just tried, uh, just to see how it was. So we bought two properties, um, this last month with financing. Uh, and I'll tell you, I am not a fan, man, especially with like, you know, when it comes to a commercial loan, it's like, holy crap, they won't, uh, they ask you for everything and anything and put you under the microscope. And it's just like, man, it would have just been just easier to just boom, buy it in cash and be done with it. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, two of the properties that we have right now are with financing and, so and, what and, uh, and, two of the ones that I bought with cash, I've refinanced. So the re I, okay. I'm a fan of the refinancing process because it was a lot easier, a lot smoother, but the actual purchasing was a pain in the butt. Yeah, that's kind of what I've seen. I've always been like, you know, if, if someone has cash and they can get a better deal because you can close faster a lot of times and then get the money out a year later or whatever it is to to, to get your cash back. I, I, I met a couple of people when I was younger that did that and that was their whole strategy because they could outbid everybody because they would they would bid a little less, but because they were cash, they didn't have to like people could close like in like a couple weeks rather than like you know go through all the paperwork and all the bullshit you know yeah. and stuff like everybody else. So what's the what's the play for that? Like where do you see that going? Like is it just a matter of acquiring a certain amount of units and then being done? Because I I find it hard to believe like you've you've built you've built a business 
you can probably sell some of those assets at some point if you wanted to. And then like real estate, it's like you could do real estate till you die, really. I mean, like there's no reason to stop, I would think, because you don't manage the properties yourself and all that. So like, what does that look like for you? Like, what's the strategy in the end game to, to keep building? Is it just acquire, 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 or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, I don't think I'll ever stop buying real estate, uh, but I, I think there might be a point where uh, that is all I do. Uh, right. Just, you know, do that and work off that and then let my money work for me and I don't have to do it, actual any physical work myself. Um, although I do enjoy my software company, so I, I might continue doing that. Um but we'll see. I, I'm I'm not really sure how my 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 end goal has always been real estate. So that's um, right. that's kind of where I see myself. Maybe you know twenty twenty five years from now, just being heavily focused on real estate. But at that point, um, you own all of Miami at that point. It's not underwater <laughs> well, yet. Water yeah. change, you know. Yeah, you'll, you'll, sure. you'll be like my Miami kingpin. You know, I'll be yeah. seeing you in the the Business Journal. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but, have you but decided, so so all joking aside, like well, joking definitely not aside. Have you decided what your real estate kingpin car is going to be yet? Like what you're going to roll up in when you're like the kingpin, the show up in the magazines. Um, you have to have that you know, you know, you have to have a fancy car. I mean, come on, you got at least once. You know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm more of an old school car kind of guy. I'm you know I'm, I'm th- that's I think one thing that. Um, has maybe helped me a little bit more is that I'm not really into fancy Lambos or all that stuff. I, I, I have zero care in the world to, to buy a, an expensive fancy car. Um, but I would buy an old, like, you know, 1960s Cadillac or 1960s uh, Chevy or something like that. Uh, those are the kind of cars that make me turn my head. Like, especially down here in Miami, I'm like, wow, look at that. Look at that. Look at that beauty. Like, that's kind of what, what I yeah. like, you know? Um, but yeah, oh. that, it would probably be something like that. I was looking on Craigslist the other day. I think it was a night. There's a 1963 Cadillac for sale down here. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I, I browse around and look at old cars. Um, but I, I always, t- I never really talk myself fully into buying one just because number one, I wouldn't know where to put it. I barely have space for two cars in my boat here. So, and I'll, <laughs> I don't know how much I would actually use it. So I'd probably just be staring at it all the time. Hey, uh, nothing, nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that. I, I, <laughs> I think, I think that's a big, uh, that's a huge advantage for you. And I, I mean, I joke about it, but like, I kind of knew that that's how you were. Obviously you're not, you're like me. Like I don't, I don't care about too many gimmicky things that a lot of people you see, you know, people want fancy cars or fancy watches. Nothing wrong with that stuff. I mean, per se, yeah, it sure. doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get me excited to want to, you know, have like something I'm not going to use very often just sitting around. It's like, ah, I'd rather do something else with that money. Yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. So, so kind of going, you know, we're, we're coming to the end here. And I, and I think it's, uh, I think it's a good thing because, you know, we're both family oriented guys. And I'm curious, like, you know, in the beginning, you you mentioned, you know, wanting, you know, you have to take care of your mom and help her out and everything now, and you don't want to be a burden. So like, have you thought about like what you want to teach your kids as they grow up so that they can be, you know, financially independent, have financial literacy, all that kind of stuff? Because you, you came with not a whole lot, like you started at the bottom and, and, you know, now we're here, you know, like you can definitely make that claim. So like what types of stuff as your kids grow up? Cause they're obviously young now. So, you know, let's fast forward, say 15 years from now and they're in like 
high school, college age, what do you want them to have learned from you so that they're better off than you were when you were their age? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one is um, definitely the, the the value of, of hard work. Um, you know, that, that's one thing that I definitely want them to, to understand that um, although they're going to grow up in a way different environment than, than I and my wife did. Um, I still want them to, to realize that, you know, I, and obviously their grandparents had to work their butt off for them to be able to, uh, live in a different environment than we grew up in. Um, so definitely the value of hard work, um, the, 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 um, the privilege and I, I guess the, yeah, the, the privilege of being able to be in a country where they can truly become anything they want to become. Uh, so I want them to, to realize that as well, that, um, you know, you're in a country where literally if you put your, your, your mind to it and you, and you work hard, you can do just about anything you want to do. You know, obviously, you know, with, if there's any physical limitations, like, you know, you can't go dunk on LeBron James, you know, something like that. But uh, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, they're going to be in a country where they can pretty much build whatever sort of life they want to build for themselves. Um, I, I want all that hunger to, to be in them as well. Um, you know, cause I, I don't want the, them, um, growing up with me being able to give them everything they want and not developing that hunger of, of them wanting to build something for themselves. Um, how do you go, how, how do you plan on teaching them that though? Like what's that entail? Like, you know, teaching them that cause it's, Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, because I didn't, I, I mean, I grew up in a pretty middle class, standard, you know, white American middle class family, right? Like, you know, we never hurt for anything. Like, I mean, I was hungry just because I wanted to do different things, but I didn't have that pressure of like, oh shit, like we don't have anything if we don't work for it. You know, I, I mean, I, I I did good in school and all that and whatever, just because my parents pushed me, but like we never were, I've never missed a meal. I've never had to live in a like crappy house or a, a house where you don't have electricity or any of those like stuff that I've heard other people say. So how do you, how do you instill that hunger while still not depriving them of, you know, the stuff that you probably didn't always have access to when you were young? What is yeah. that like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the first thing, I mean, one thing that I've, that I've already started doing is, you know, just not letting them get away with, you know, everything and anything they want, you know, like if you're going to, if you, if you're going to do something, if you know, if you're going to make a mess, you got to pick it up, you know, if, if, all these things that it's easy to be like, Oh no, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't do this. Um, you know, we, I definitely like, um, teaching at least my, my oldest now that she can understand is, you know, if you can, there's consequences to your actions and all these different things. And uh, I also take her with me whenever our rent checks come into the mail. Uh, I've, you know, I take her to with, with me to the bank and I explain to her, but like, look, these are the rent checks. These are, uh, you know, this is, you know, allows us to, to take this and, and do other stuff with it. We can, you know, we can spend it, we can reinvest it, all these different things. Um, so it's just, you know, just taking her along for the ride of of me still building something for us because i still don't right. feel like you know i've i've made it yet you know i i, I still kind of work uh, a lot of my motivation to this day is still based on fear you know <laughs> just the fear of uh going back to where you know where i came from is just it's a weird it's a weird thing but 
I, a lot of my motivation still comes from fear of just like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go back to that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to go back to where I was, you know? Right. Um, so just that, just, to, just taking her along for the ride and, and showing her all these different things. And, you know, she's very, my oldest is very curious. So anytime I'm talking to a contractor or I'm talking to him, um, you know, my most recent business partner that we bought deals with, I, I, she asked me, oh, who are you talking to her? Or what are you doing? Or what is this? And I'll sit and I'll actually explain it to her. But like, look, I'm doing this uh, because he's working on the property that we just bought and boom, boom, all these different things. So um, it's just that. It's just showing her that I'm still working toward to building something for not just being for for her. And, and I explained to her as well. I'm like, look, this is a property that we just bought. Uh, and this is going to be for you and your sister. When you guys are older, you'll be able to use this and, you know, blah, 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 you know, and explain, kind of explain it to her that this, you know, that's what I'm building pretty much. Right. But I like one, that. One thing, one thing that I want to do as well, because one thing that, um, that really opened up my eyes uh, was, you know, all those times that my mom sent us down to, to Nicaragua for the summer, uh, because that experience was i mean life-changing i mean it it, it, which is another thing that i want to do and teach my my kids is is the value of humility um because yeah you know i i thought i had it bad growing up here you know complaining about my dad not being there you know him not giving us money but once you go down to a place like nicaragua where it's you know at that point was literally like third world country where you see kids barefoot asking for money literally kids on their own in the streets barefoot dirty just like sniffing glue just so they don't go hungry um when you see things like that as like man you want to take the shirt off your back and give it to them and you think you had it bad you know you think you have it bad in the in in the states um and that taught me a lot of humility and it taught me to be grateful for what i had because you know, every summer, boom, for at least three or four years, we were, you know, every summer we were down there and uh, we see that every time. And it's just like, man, you know, just be it grateful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of I, I want them to go through that experience as well. If, if they're ever, you know, complaining about something here, it's just like, OK, if, if you don't want to complain, let, let's take a trip. Let's 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 really see you know how blessed we are here in this country right i think that's and i think that's important for people to realize you know because i'm not a very political person but like i have you know obviously you and my best friend gonzalo immigrated from argentina uh and uh i you know i was i grew up in south central los angeles for the first you know eight or nine years so like i saw some crazy ass things you know not where we live directly but very nearby and it's always impacted me like I, I, I laugh kind of sarcastically about it, but like if it, if push comes to shove, I get a little bit uh, pissed off when I hear people say there's no opportunity here in this country or, or whatever. And I'm not saying America's got everything figured out. We definitely don't. There's a lot of problems with the way people treat people and immigrants and the rules are really messed up in my opinion. But like, I, um, I, I, I'm like, I don't think there's any other country in the world that, you know, we could have million, if we had like completely like, free, no rules immigration, which, you know, some people would be really mad about and and fair enough, but we could have millions of people that would want to come here. You know, like, I mean, just look at the South of the border, like, 
You know, like they're talking about that on the news all the time where people are coming up through Central America into Mexico and trying to get into America to, to, to just get away from all that bad stuff, you know? And it makes me think like, man, shit, like nobody, the poorest person here is, is rich compared to a lot of the poor people in, in those, you know, other countries, you know, not everywhere, yeah. but it's, it blows my mind, you know, how different it is. It's like, it's like the way that's the way people lived like a hundred years ago, you know, like, but it's still in 20, what, 2021, you still got people barefoot yeah. with dirty dirt streets. I mean, that's just yeah. insane to me, a brain, you know, that, that people would still survive and they, and they figure out a way, right. You know, yeah. I remember something, you, I remember something you told me uh, and I, I, maybe you post this on Facebook or you said this to me in a conversation, like you went down there and you saw how happy people were because they didn't realize they were yeah. happy because they didn't know any different. Like yeah. they had no, I, I was going to, I was just going to say that is like, even though that, you know, there, there are obviously those kids that were asking for money, trying to get food, but then, you know, you go to, uh, a house and, and they're literally living in a tin house, you know, built off just 10 pieces of tin. And they're just the happiest people. They, they, they don't, like you said, they don't know any better. So right. it, it, it was just, uh, you know, same thing. Like it just humbles you to see these people have nothing, but still be enjoying themselves. Like, and just be happy. Just, it, it's just, it's, you know, it's completely life changing to see that. Yeah, I, I dig it, man. So, um, Going forward, um, you know, like, have you, have you shared any of this real estate stuff with your siblings and things like that to kind of like make it a family affair? Or have, have you got that far yet? Yeah, I actually have. Um, my, my oldest brother, uh, since he's finally making some good money, uh, ever, he's you know, the, over the last he's a, couple he's of the, years. He's a surgeon, right? Yeah, the, yeah he's the, he's okay. the pediatric surgeon. Um, got it. But, you know, it took him forever to get to that. So he's only just started, you know, finally making doctor money for the last two years. Um, right. Just because he went down the long road um, to become a pediatric surgeon. So I've, you know, I've talked to him several times um, about it. And, you know, where he's got his game plan of what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Obviously, he has a bunch of doctor debt right now. So they're, I think he's, he said he's a couple of years off from knocking that out. Um, just cause you know, he's, he obviously, well, the thing about my, me and my brothers, we're all pretty much the same. Um, so he lives well under his means and it's just a lot of his money just goes to pay off his, 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 uh, his student debt. He doesn't really like much luxury stuff. Like we joke around all the time. Cause it's like, um, you know, he's, he's still where he, he still asks me to send him my hand-me-downs. You know, I, I bought a new, I bought a new, a new Apple, a new Apple watch uh, recently. And I had my old one. He's like, Oh, let me get that. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> so it's hilarious. You know, and me and my wife joke about it all the time that we're still the same. It's like, it's funny. It's like this guy, you know, easily he probably makes, I don't know. I haven't asked him how much he makes, but he probably makes about four or $500,000 a year with his job. And he's still send, asking me to send him, you know, my hand me down second hey. generation. I watch. No, no reason to, no reason to, to you, do, man. <laughs> I guarantee you he'll wear that thing until it completely dies. Like that's just, you know, how, how that's why he'll be rich someday. That's why he'll be rich someday, you know, because that's what it takes, you know, like, you know, there's like, I, 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 I wish I had learned this earlier in life. It's one of my few regrets is that thinking that like buying something new would make you happy when like good enough, like I buy all my computers off. Like I bought this new Apple cause I needed it today. I bought it at a, the Apple store, the M one, uh, Mac mini, you know, where you had to, yeah, yeah. And, 
and it had just come out and I was like, I'm so glad I did, but it was only like 650 bucks. So like, whatever, it wasn't that bad. I had a gift card too. But uh, other than that, I bought like all my shit from Apple refurb and you get like 20% off and it's, yeah. it's like, it doesn't come in a pretty box, but you're like, why am I going to pay full price? Yeah, get exactly. a pretty box and get like 20% off, you know, like shoot. I'm the same. Uh, I just upgraded my computers too. Um, <laughs> I had been running them from, for my, my MacBook Air was 10 years old and my desktop one was maybe six years old. And when I bought them, they were the most basic model of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and what's funny was um, this was, I think, the second time I, I uh, upgraded my, my desktop one. And the first time I did, uh, no, sorry, I bought two the last time. One was for me, one was for, for Janice, but Janice didn't really like it. She liked working on her on her laptop before. So my brother was this, my brother also texted me he was like oh let me get that then send the send it up here you know <laughs> um, oh my god that's funny and, uh, and, and my middle brother I, I've started talking to him about it as well uh, he doesn't make as much money as as me or my other brother does but he did just recently uh, sell his he moved to Minnesota from here and he 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 sold his his house that he had down here for a good you know, a hundred thousand dollar profit or $150,000 profit or something like that. Um, so he, you know, he has a good amount of money in his, in his bank account that is just sitting there. So I think he's going to buy a house where he's at now, but he's going to have some money left over. So I, you know, I've, and he's the one that I'm closest to the most. Cause we grew up, we're only 13 months apart. So, uh, right. we've, I've talked to him. He's actually, I put him onto the same podcast that I listen to, which is the bigger pockets podcast. Yeah, you love that one. Okay, I was going to ask you if you listen to that one. I love those guys. Yeah, no, that's it's amazing. And you know, he's he listened to it. his wife listened to it, and his wife got more hooked than him about it. And we've had a few phone conversations about you know different strategies that they want to start doing and all these different things. So yeah, you know, little little by little, we'll you know we'll 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 start uh, doing some stuff together. That's that's wonderful. I, I I love hearing that because it's like you know you, you gotta. You got to take care of your own and create that clan architecture. Like that's something like in the Midwest is very common. Like my grandparents lived next door. So I was real close to them growing up. Like they put us on the school bus every day. My grandma cooked us breakfast when my mom had to go to work. And, you know, it, it's something that like I've got a, a sister who's two years younger than me. And then my brother's uh, about 10 years younger uh, than I am. And uh, he's he's a police officer in Virginia. And they've they've done real well. They're getting ready to have their first baby. Uh, here at the end of the year and I'm just I'm just thrilled because it's like you know they've grown up and kind of built a life and it's 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 fun to see because I'm the oldest so you know it's it's they, they all have their own unique stuff but you know it's it's all good responsibility and having a good life rather than being one of these like over consumers because I, I I notice like a lot of people are stressed out and I think they don't even realize that they're addicted to their stuff like they're yeah. just addicted to like having to have the newest TV or newest car or newest whatever. And it, it's a it's a sad life because it's mm-hmm. like you you know you could have all this other stuff where it's like you know good good conversation good meals and that doesn't cost much money at all you can just have a lot of fun so anyways man I, I appreciate you recording me this has been a lot of fun I knew it would be uh, you know because uh, I told like I told you man it, it's just a conversation amongst friends you know perfect yeah like, appreciate like that, that red that red table talk what is that with Will Smith and their family <laughs> they got that TV show <laughs> uh, well, I, I try to keep the vibe you know I, I watch all these people to see how they answer questions and stuff so yeah, anyways man. I'll so where where uh, just before I go because I I know there's people who are gonna want to stay in touch with you and stuff like where can uh, where can people get to know you, uh, like some of the softwares you sell? Like what are some of those websites? Do you have like a master website that's got all of them or 
what would people check you out for? Um, yeah, I'm man. I didn't wasn't even prepared for that. Um, I do have one URL that I have all my products on. Uh, it's uh, zamariapproved.com forward slash products. Cool. And that has all thirteen of my products on there. I think. I think they're. I'm awesome, thinking my thirteen, something like that. Yeah, I'll put. I'll put a link. I'll put a link onto the uh, onto the the episode so that people can check it out. Because uh, I know you got. That's a whole story we didn't even go down. Your Zamorai. It's <laughs> 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 like one of the coolest brand names ever. But uh, good stuff, man. Well, thanks for recording, and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. All right, Perfect, bud? man. Thank you for having me. All right. Cheers. You've been listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. For show notes, extras, and to get the Million Dollar Backpack book where we give you the blueprint to escape your office, visit escapeyouroffice.com. 